Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. have a bit of an identity crisis when I have to say my name. Is it Jessica? Is it Jessie? Is it Jess? So I don't know if you've known me a long time. It's usually Jessie. You've known me more recently. Put that away. It's Jess. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I run and I am the I'm the team lead for the worship team here, which has really only been the last year because prior to that, it was COVID and we didn't have a lot of in-person worship going on um and if you play an instrument i just have to plug musicians or sing come talk to me join please please all right so we are doing a series on anybody know yeah oh darn it building building altars and redigging wells i'm doing the redigging well portion this morning last week pastor dave preached on T starts with a T, ends with an I. Yeah, tithe. <laughs> okay, so this reading in the world comes from uh, Genesis 26, 18 to 26. And in this passage, Isaac, who is the son of Father Abraham and many sons. Okay, so he gets sent out from the land, the country where he is. And he gets sent back to, actually, because he's prospering too much. And he gets, he has to go back to the land where his father is. And he's got his family and he's got his... Uh, um, livestock, and they need provisions. So they have to redig the wells that his father had built. And the wells have been um, either filled in by the Philistines, by the enemies, or they've just run dry. So there's some things in our lives that have either been taken away from us, from an enemy, or they've just run dry. And so the idea behind this is that we're going to redig some spiritual things that have stopped producing life, some spiritual things that have become spiritually dormant and dry. We're going to revive them, cultivate them, and uh, get some life going out of them. So this morning, the well that I am redigging is, any guesses? Hearing God's voice. How do we hear God's voice for ourselves? So it was great that Pastor Dave gave, you know, a little primer this morning. Um, How do you hear God's voice for yourself? Would anybody be interested in in getting into this subject. Yes, yes, yes. We want to hear God's voice for ourselves. There is so much God-given potential in hearing the voice of God for yourself. So I'm not just talking about praying where you're talking to God. I'm not just talking about showing up at church, which is great, because when we show up at church, we expect to hear God's voice. But I'm talking about how do we hear God's voice when we are working on heavy equipment at work, when we are at school, when we are standing in line at the grocery store, when we are fed up with our kids, how do we hear the voice of God? Okay. So, oh, and my title is, I Hear Voices and Other Ways God Speaks. I kind of got, I wasn't sure if I got a no on that title, so I just went with it. I Hear Voices and Other Ways that God Speaks. Um, So we're going to start with the Bible, Jeremiah 33, um, verse 2 to 3. And this is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. I have a different version. 
Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. And he says, call to me and I will answer you. Say, he will answer me. And I will tell you great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. Which you do not know. Are there some great and mighty things you do not know this morning? Can we just acknowledge there are some things that God knows that we don't know? And as followers of Christ, we have an invitation. This is an invitation. He says, call to me and I will answer you. This is an invitation into a two-way conversation with God, with the creator of the universe. There, uh, yep, said all that already. Okay, carrying on. <laughs> so hearing God for yourself. How do you get that answer? How do you hear your God for yourself? Let's start to work this out. Um, I want to start with just three tips for hearing God. These are positioning. They're kind of like little mindset adjustments that we need to make. The first tip to hear God, really profound, really deep, we need to listen. Listen for his voice. Um, John 10 to 27, uh, John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Some other versions say my sheep listen to my voice. Another version says my sheep recognize my voice. Um, kind of goes without saying that we need to be actively listening for the voice of God. There is a lot in this world that is trying to get your ear. There are opinions that are trying to get you to listen to them. There are um, worries that are vying for your attention. And we need to be intentional, intentional about shutting those out and listening into the voice of God. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Why do they hear their voice? Why do they hear his voice? They hear his voice because they're listening for it. Um, Spending time listening to him is a journey. The more we listen, the more we hear, the more we recognize, and the more we come to know him and be in greater relationship with him. So we listen. Can you put that verse back up, John 10, 27? So we listen, and then we hear, and then we follow. We listen, we hear, we follow. So first tip is listen for his voice. The second tip that I have um, expect God to speak to you uniquely. I feel like there's sort of a big expectation for the, like, so in the Old Testament, the Bible describes God's voice as the thundering voice, lightning. It describes it as breaking the cedars and causing the deer to go into labor. That's Psalm 29, if you want to check, check out my reference. <laughs> Come on. And I think we're all waiting for this, like, Christopher! but in like a male voice or something like that. <laughs> but we need to have an expectation that God, we're serving God, the creator of the universe, and he can speak to you uniquely. He created communication uh, methods. Just before, just before um, where it says, my sheep know my voice, it says, John 10 says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. So God knows you. He created you. He knows how you learn. He knows how you listen. He knows um, the seasons that you need like a kick. He knows the seasons that you need a shout. He knows the seasons that you need the whisper in your heart. And I think sometimes we get stuck on that like, 
oh, well, Hannah, she hears the voice of God all the time, and she always knows what God's saying to her, and he never speaks to me, or I can't hear God. But I believe that God is speaking to you all the time. It's like, it's like a flow, and we need to step into that flow. So maybe instead of being like, I never hear the voice of God, say, hey, God is speaking to me, but in a different way. So expect God to speak to you uniquely. Um, and then third tip, third tip for positioning, and there will be a quiz. God, this one is very cool. You got to get your mind around it a little bit, but it's the voice of God is perceived versus received. So I think we're waiting for God to come in, in this like Old Testament way. I've, I've also heard it say the voice of God is not heard, but it's discerned. Okay. So in the Old Testament, do you remember who got the voice of God? Quiz, quiz, quiz. Moses, Moses, Bob. Did I hear about Samuel? Prophets. Okay, so in the voice of God, or in the Old Testament, um, a person called a prophet was appointed by God. So the, the Jeremiah, where we spoke, called to me and answered him, is appointed by God as a spokesperson, as his messenger. The prophet would receive the word of the Lord for the people. So I'd be like, I am the prophet, and the Lord says to you, you shall have sleep tonight. You shall be healed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in that Old Testament context, we have the big thundering voice of the Lord. We have, in fact, like the Israelite people didn't even want to know go near God. In Exodus, it talks about them not even wanting to go up the mountain because it was scary. It was very scary. And us common people, we didn't have that access to hear what he was saying. Okay? So now we fast forward, and the number that's coming to me is 400 years, but I'm not sure if that's correct. We go forward to Jesus, and Jesus is here, and he says, right now the Holy Spirit is among you, but I'm going to leave, and the Holy Spirit's going to be in you. That's, that's right. Good job, Pastor Dave. <laughs> so this is Acts 2. So in the New Testament, in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, which is um, the Holy Spirit comes as Jesus promised. Yes, I've got a verse. And the people are filled with the Holy Spirit. And now the Spirit of God is indwelling. And we have Peter, who's one of the disciples, and he gets up and he reads this prophecy from Joel, which says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Who will he pour his Spirit upon? All people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So they'll speak the, uh, what the Lord's saying. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. So, sons and daughters, so our Elodies, our Benaios, our Benjis, our Maylies, our Jovies are prophesying. Our young men, Chris's, sorry, you're just so close to me. Our Nathans are they're seeing visions. They're dreaming dreams. Um, so, the so the fulfillment of this prophecy is that the Holy Spirit's now upon us all. And we don't need for a prophet to come in. We don't need for the visiting prophet to come in and tell us what the Lord is saying to us. We can now perceive or discern from what's inside of us, the Holy Spirit inside of us, what the Lord is saying. Um, he goes from being among us to living within us. John 16, which I don't have that verse, but it says that the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is that 
what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit listens to God and then tells us what God is saying. He listens to God and he reveals to our spirit what God is saying. And we only do what the Father says. How do we find out what the Father says? We listen to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Another way the Bible puts it, this is 2 Corinthians. No, 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. It says, this is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Okay, so this is not a natural transaction. No mind, no ear, no heart. Um, It was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. There are those great and mighty things again, God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. So now we no longer need to be told, like it says in the end, now we've received, so we can know, we know the wonderful things God has freely given us, it's within us. So the spirit, can you go back one slide, please? So the spirit searches out, maybe another slide, yeah. The spirit searches out and shows us God's deep secrets, and then now because we have God's spirit within us, the Holy Spirit, we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. I feel like a bit of a parrot because I just read that all back. But, okay, are you kind of getting that? Following, we have the Holy Spirit within us showing us what God is saying. This is not a natural thing. It's not eyes or ears. It's beyond that. It's a spirit-to-spirit transaction. So hearing God does not happen from the outside of us, nor does it appeal to our natural senses. Hearing God spirit to spirit, and since we have the spirit of God inside of us, we pull it or we perceive it or discern it from the inside, okay? Kind of making sense? It's a little bit, yeah. Okay, so the three tips for hearing God, I'm just going to summarize those. Uh, first one, we listen. Second one, we recognize that God speaks uniquely, to each of us. He's not necessarily going to speak to you the same way he speaks to the person sitting next to you or across from you. Um, And then the third thing, we know that God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. So our spirits must then discern or perceive what the Spirit's saying. Okay. So we're still working this out. How do we hear God for ourselves? In that grocery store, in that job place, in home. Okay. So I'm going to go over some, depending on time of the biblically normal ways that the Holy Spirit speaks. Biblically normal ways the Holy Spirit speaks. Now, this is not a comprehensive list. This is just the beginning. Just the beginning. Um, I also have one more disclaimer. Some of them may seem a little bit weird. They might seem a little odd to us. And we need to remember there is a kingdom of God and there is a kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness is often a counterfeit for the kingdom of light. So it steals the things that are meant for the people of God, meant to be redeemed and sanctified in purity. So when we talk about dreams and visions, yes, there are occult practices that use dark and evil spirits to interpret dreams. But we have the Holy Spirit to help us 
discern and interpret dreams and visions and messages from God. And that's how it's intended to be. And if we could take that, we could take it as our redeemed purpose. We would see so much God potential in that. So don't get caught, caught up on the weird like spirit thing because there's, there's a lot of counterfeit. It's our job to discern. Okay. So this is just the beginning. The first one, like we just talked about, first biblically normal way for hearing the Holy Spirit is just that spiritual perception. Spiritual perception, you spiritually perceive something. So this I would describe as I sensed or I felt. Pastor Dave was kind of doing that this morning. I was like leaning in so I could hear it as an illustration. It's it's I'm sensing, what am I sensing? The Holy Spirit saying, maybe I'm sensing God's love. Maybe I'm sensing his correction. Maybe I'm sensing what he wants to do. Right now, if I was like, Holy Spirit, what can I sense? I sense, I sense God's approval. I sense, I sense God's pleased. Um, spiritual perception is the realm of just knowing something. It's like, I don't know why I knew that. I just knew that. It's like that gut feeling or that prompting. My kids call it our God tingles. So it's just that like, like oh my gosh, where did that come from? One day I was uh, driving along and I saw these people walking around the road and I just got this sense or this feeling that they needed help. And I was like, I don't know, I got like my baby in the back, but I stopped, I pulled over and I offered them a ride. And uh, they didn't speak any English, but we figured out through like some hand signals and stuff that they had ran out of gas in the industrial park. And um, so I, you know, picked them up, got them gas, got back, and they were super thankful. And I was just like, yes, I, I, that was the Holy Spirit. And I came home and I told my kids and they're like, you had a God tingle, didn't you? I'm like, yeah, it was a God tingle. <laughs> um, just to back this up scripturally, because I, I want to prove that it, it's biblically normal. Second Kings, uh, verse four. So, uh, one day Elijah went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home after for, or for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, "I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time." is a holy man of God. Okay, so she doesn't know this for sure. She just has this sense. She just She's perceiving that this is a holy man. Another example in the Bible, it's um, pretty popular, but I think it's where in the Gospels where uh, Jesus says to Peter, who do, who do people say I am? And he says, they say you're Elijah or whatever. And then he says, but who do you say I am? He says, I know you're the Messiah, the Christ. And, and Jesus says, oh, Man has not revealed this to you. You've figured this out by the Spirit. Um, so this is just to prove to you, I'm getting these from the Bible. <laughs> spiritual promptings, spiritual promptings, gut feelings. They are Holy Spirit. They are not always Holy Spirit. Strangle my child, that's not a Holy Spirit gut feeling. Okay? We can be smart. The second, um, second way that, that the Holy Spirit can speak to us is highlights. This is my trying to figure out a word for this. Highlights. He highlights something. Okay? So this is like, to me, that's like when, you know, you're thinking about something and you just feel like it gets a big circle with an exclamation mark around it. Or maybe you're reading your Bible and you're like, oh, 
never noticed that before. That's like the Holy Spirit coming in and highlighting something for you, being like, look at this. Or maybe someone's keeps coming to your thoughts or you keeps running into somebody. Don't push those aside. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I think we miss it sometimes because we we think, oh, that's just me. That's just my, you know, the pizza I ate for dinner whatever, but this is when I get my notebook down and I write down like, okay, this verse, I need to look into this a little bit more. Um, an example from the Bible is in Daniel 9-2, where I'm not going to bring it up, but it's the story of Daniel when he's going through the, the ancient scrolls and he's actually going through the book of Jeremiah and he reads that the people, so his people are in, in uh, exile and Babylon, and he reads that they're only supposed to be there for 70 years, and that they're getting close to 70 years, and this is God being like, look at this, right? And so then he starts praying. He starts praying and interceding, so that's, that's an example of that. Um, number three, so we have spiritual perception, highlighting, and then we have pictures or visions. And I find this to be really prominent in people who are visual learners, so you might learn more by hearing, you might learn more than doing, but I find this to be quite prominent in people that learn by seeing things. So you might get just a picture um, across the screen of your mind of something. Um, it's an image or a picture or maybe even, even a word written there. Uh, sometimes it could be strange, like what? why did I think about that? The other night I was going to bed and just as I closed my eyes, I see like, a picture of an axe on a sharpening, I don't know what they're called, but it's like a wheel. I was like, what does that mean? I probably think everything's from God, but I'm like, what does this mean? So I get out my phone and I Google it and I say, where in the Bible does it talk about sharpening axes? And it comes up, Ecclesiastes 10.10, some other ones too. And it's talking about wisdom. And I'm like, okay, where do I need to sharpen my axe, God? Where do I need wisdom? And this is like how you begin a conversation, or not how you begin, but this is like part of having a two-way conversation with God. Um, this was really, there's, there's tons and tons of examples in the Bible about people getting pictures uh, prophet seeing imagery. One example, which we won't pull up, but it's the Lord talking to Jeremiah, and he says, what do you see? And he says, I see an almond branch. An, sorry, a branch of an almond tree. And the Lord says, that's right. That means I'm watching, and I will carry out my plans. <laughs> see, we got to... The first thing, when you, when you get a picture, you think it's something from God, check your Bible. See, where does it... Oh. Where does it talk about almond trees in the Bible? Um, and often, often these can be very symbolic, but don't, don't brush them aside. I'm trying to give you very practical ways. <laughs> you know, this could be an open or a closed, closed picture. Like I could, I don't want to give an example right now, but I could look and... <laughs> You know, like when we were doing one day, I don't know if you're here in Revelstoke, and we were singing, and I believe we were um, breaking things in the spiritual realm. <laughs> I believe we were getting into, like, spiritual warfare zone. I just felt like there was a crack that went across this room here. Like, when I looked out, I saw it. Now, of course, I didn't really see it, but spiritually, I perceived that I saw it and that it was an indicator of, um, 
like the breaking to rebuild, like we're breaking down old things so that we can rebuild. And I don't want to get into like building analogies because uh, Nathan will be <laughs> sighing so hard. <laughs> okay. Um, are these like a little bit helpful? I don't, okay, good. Great, so the next thing would be moving pictures. So this is more like you get that picture, but instead of just a picture of like, you know, a crack or something, you see something play out like a little mini, um, yeah, a little mini scene in, in your mind. This could be what we would call a daydream. Now, no, I'm not saying all daydreams are from God, but some daydreams are definitely from God. Um, and again, this is something that, that could be very literal, like, oh, I just saw myself walking up to that person and giving them $5, or, th or it could be something that's more symbolic, like uh, my daughter Jovi sometimes will get things like that, and she talks about like, oh, I, this seems kind of morbid, but I had a daydream of Ren's hand being cut off. But when you look in the Bible, it talks about like an like your hand can represent authority. So there was a deeper meaning behind that. But I'm just saying that these things can have deeper meaning. Um, so an example, Acts 9. In Acts 9, you have like Saul, who then turns into Paul. Or not turns into Paul, but again, just giving, giving an example. And he gets a vision from God showing Ananias coming to pray for him. So... Um, I'm going to read it. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man named a uh, man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. So that's something very literal. The Lord shows him what he's supposed to do. And I would believe right now that even as we're talking about this, that God, the Holy Spirit's maybe bringing to your mind some things that he's shown you that you've maybe brushed aside as not the Holy Spirit. Like, oh, I wonder why I thought about that. Sweep under the rug, you know. Um, I think I have time for one or two more here. Um, another one is dreams. So this is basically what we're just talking about, a visionary revelation, but that comes in the night. Again, dreams can be from God, and they can not be from God. Uh, Job 33, thank you, for God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, and when deep sleep falls on people's, people as they lie in their beds. So... It also, we also talked about that in Acts when the Holy Spirit pours out that the sea visions and old men will dream dreams. I don't believe that that's specifically just for people who are, what's an old man? 75 plus? 80 plus? <laughs> what is old? I think dreams are for everybody. And I think that there's even now as the Holy Spirit is starting to um, settle more that there are more dreams coming to pass that are from God. Um, and part of that, I believe, is because God speaks to us during the day, and we're just simply not listening. <laughs> so when you fall asleep, he, he can get a, get a word in. 
uh, our minds are at rest and he can come download to our spirits. Of course, there's lots of examples of this in, in the Bible, you know, when Jesus was being born and angel appearing to Joseph in a dream. And then in Genesis, Joseph with the many colored coats thing stuff guy. Um, what can God reveal in a dream? He can, sorry, he can reveal warnings. He can reveal um, literal things that are going to happen. He could just reveal his character. I don't know if you've ever had a dream and you just felt like, oh, I just feel really loved or I feel really safe. Um, I dreamed once I just quite literally, I dreamed John, my husband, told me to check our bank account. And I wrote that. I didn't really think much of it. And then my sister and I were talking probably four days later about, what did you dream? What did you dream? I'm like, oh, I had this dream that John told me to check our account. So I went and I checked our account. And there was, it was an account that I don't check very often, but there was an $8,000 banking error in there that I had not even, wasn't on my radar. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? So, of course... There's more spiritual things than that. But that's just an example that we don't really know until we begin to test out these things. Um, ooh, okay. Got one more for you. I can give you, like, way more. But, you know, you got to look in your Bible and believe that what's in the Bible is for today, that God still speaks, that he still speaks in those ways. Um, Pastor Dave res- uh, references this morning, but the whisper to your spirit I find commonly that the Holy Spirit speaks as a whisper. Remember, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, so he's close. Um, And although God's voice can come in a strong, powerful earthquake, that's in, is it 2 Kings or 1 Kings, where after the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire there was the sound of a gentle whisper. So... Yes, God can come in the big thundering voice, but he can also come in the whisper. And are we listening for the whisper? I was praying for someone, um, and I should say I tried to pick things that I personally have revelation out of. And I was praying for someone one time, and I was just like, God, I'm so worried about this person. And I got this immediate response in my spirit that was, I'm not. And it was like, I knew that that wasn't me because I was worried, so it was, and, and don't write those things off, lean into them, take a moment, listen, okay, Holy Spirit, you're not worried, and how, how can I pray for this, how can I uh, just receive what God has for you, okay, so these are, I said six things, these are just a starting point, Uh, just to recap, the Holy Spirit speaks Uh, to your spirit by spiritual perception, which is a gut feeling, highlighting, which is emphasis or accentuating things, pictures, moving pictures, dreams and visions in the night, and whisper to your spirit. But of course, there is still the audible voice of God. Um, Search out God's word. See how he wants to speak to you. See how he wants to speak to you in this season. Check your Bible. Double check. Is it a biblical way? Check, you check my references. 
uh, don't just believe what I say, but go and test the word. First John 4, 1 says to test the spirit. So when you perceive that God is saying something to you, and this is like, this could be a whole other message, but when you perceive that God is saying something to you, go and check it, go and test it. So I check it by three things. Is it in the Bible? Is this biblical? Does this line up with the, what the Bible says? Is this, um, number two, is this in line with the merciful character of God? God is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. Does this line up with his merciful character? And then also, is this the fruit of the Holy Spirit? The Galatians 5.22 says, um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Does this produce that fruit in my life? Or does it produce the opposite? Uh, just before it gives you the fruit of the Spirit, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and other sins like this. So what, what's the fruit in your life? And don't confuse condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is from the devil and it produces shame and guilt but conviction if if you feel like um you're getting a word from god that's convicting it should produce repentance which brings us closer to jesus and closer to relationship with him okay so that's three tips for how we can hear god better and then six or seven biblical ways that we can tune in to hear from god through the holy spirit and just in closing um, I'd encourage you to practice. In my, in my journey to hear God better for myself, it takes practice, just like any relationship. The more that you listen, the more that you try to hear, the more that you get a rapport going, the more that you recognize his voice, her voice. Um, and Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Trust that you know the shepherd's voice. Trust that you know the shepherd's voice. Trust that he's speaking to you, and you just need to step into that flow. And if you've never experienced the Holy Spirit speaking to you in any of the ways that I've just sort of list, listed off, ask, ask him to speak to you. Be brave and say, Lord, I just really want a vision, or I, I just really want a dream. I just really want to hear that whisper in my soul. And then stop, lean in, and listen. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.